skies like when you were young? They went on forever. When I, we lived in Arizona, and the skies always had little fluffy clouds in them, and uh, they were long and clear, and there were lots of stars at night. And uh, when it would rain, it would all turn. It, they were beautiful, the most beautiful skies, as a matter of fact. Uh, the sunsets were purple and red and yellow and on fire, and the clouds would catch the colors everywhere. I just said, excuse me, do you mind if I just take that bag out because it's really fragile? And he was just like, stand behind the line, sir! Okay, guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Grimerica Show. Uh, we're going to be talking with Chris Weston, one of the founding members of the band The Orb. Uh, all sorts of electronic music, I'm sure. Some of you have probably heard of him. Uh, but first, as always, how's it going, Grab? Hey, buddy. I'm doing pretty good. Looking forward to uh, releasing this episode with Thrash. Yeah, Chris Thrash Weston. Actually, he was, he's been to Calgary before, so he's literally yeah. within, been, been within a couple miles of the Igbo. Yeah. Well, like 30. Yeah, he was, he was somewhat responsible for like some of my all-time favorite music. Yeah, so it's like talking to a rock star for you. I, I, I actually, I hadn't really heard of the orb until I met you. So, but it's still not pretty, many people have. But yeah, it's still it's, pretty cool shit. Oh, like yeah. I really enjoy it, um, and I can't wait to hear this new album he's coming out with. Yeah, he's got his uh, a Kickstarter called Chris Starter. Yeah, he said fuck Kickstarter basically, and their ten percent or whatever the fuck it is they take and and start it up his own. So we'll we'll link to that, of course, and you guys should head on over and. Uh, Hit that up. I think he got. He's got some pretty cool uh, musicians lined up. And, yeah, 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 it's gonna be yeah. good. So this episode will be a little bit out of our uh, our usual rotation. Um, we do get into a little bit of UFO and and conspiracy and shit like that, but for the most part, we we just get down with talking about you know the making music and the the life and times of of Chris Weston. Yeah, it's good though. You guys will enjoy it. Stick around. Listen. Uh, I think. When's he saying the new album's going to be out? I don't think he said yet. Yeah, I don't think he knows, yeah. It's going to yeah. be, it'll be epic, I bet. I hope so. We'll be a part of it. We, we don't, yeah. We, oh, yeah, we, we donate. Yeah, we donate. You could be a part of it too, guys. Hey, we should have donated through Amazon. Fuck Amazon. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Okay. We have some listener feedback. Uh, my cousin, again, my cousin oh, Jeff. Oh, yeah, he feedbacked me too. Yeah. <laughs> So he he was uh he heard that episode on THC with Stephen Greer, and uh, I love that episode. I haven't too. listened to that yet. Really? Actually, no. Yeah. I I jumped ahead to the Dave Asprey one because I had so many fucking podcasts in my phone. Like I'm so behind. I think it was I I adopted. What did I adopt? I I adopted the drunken Taoist uh, or Taoist or however you say it, and now that's in the regular rotation. Yeah, it's becoming uh it's becoming very challenging. Yeah, it. It is. Reading and listening to stuff and learning and talking. Talking. <laughs> so what did my cousin say then? He wanted us to try something out? He wants you to... Oh, he wants to know how that Richard Greer shit works. <laughs> and I have no idea because oh, I think he's a fucking lunatic. Hey, oh, first of all, his name's not Richard. You always... Ah. <laughs> you That's always what I'm think. talking about. I'm talking about the guy from The Fugitive. He's fucked. <laughs> Who are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about Stephen Greer. I think. Oh, that guy. 
Yeah. So. Well, he's a little out there too. So uh, he he wants to know about these protocols, right? So I I can attest to some of the protocols because I I used to do that in the nineties a bit, right, in Vancouver. So so it's uh, you want to hear about him? Yeah, man. Well, as far as I know, know, and it's probably changed over the last 15, 20 years, but we used to do like a group meditation, visualization kind of thing, which I think now they're probably talking more like remote viewing, but really it was just a meditation. And then we'd use the sound, uh, the sound amplification from UFOs. Darren's trying to play my Tibetan singing bowl. Oh, it's actually working. Yeah, see, that's very similar to the sound we would use. And then I think we had light. We had lights, like we had candle, like million candle power uh, lights to, to flash back and forth. Oh, yeah. And we'd, and we'd uh, what else was there? There was something else, too. Only in America do you get a fucking million watt candle fucking power <laughs> flashlight. <laughs> you gotta, like, roll it around in the back of a pickup truck. And we'd go out there with a group of people and, and do these protocols. And some people had some sightings. I, I didn't when I was, when I was there uh, with them. But I went out a few times, and so I guess uh, cousin Jeff is saying, "Let's, uh, we should do this." As a, you know, get the app, download the app. There's an app now, and we'll go out in the woods. <laughs> you can hide in the bushes, <laughs> and we could do this. Sounds good. Like seriously, get some sightings happening here. Like people bitch about C. Seti and Stephen Greer and all this. Why don't we go out and try it? Ooh, put me on the spot. Hey, let's do it. Put my money Little field my trip. Is. Little field trip. Out in the middle of nowhere, know. clear sky, warm summer night. I'll tell you what. If you get Greer on the show, then I'll go out in the fucking woods and try and summon a UFO. Okay. That's a deal. Okay. All right. And I'm going to go out regardless. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, Grant Cameron was talking about kind of some of that shit. I wonder what did he talk? Did we talk with him about Stephen Greer at all? Did that come up? Uh, it might have. It's been a long time now. What about Richard yeah. Greer? Yeah. I don't think so. But uh, that's not the first time you said that. It's quite funny. I think every time. <laughs> uh, so we got a new Grimerican somewhere down in the Dominican Republic, or one of the Grimericans was on holiday in the Dominican oh, Republic. Does that, does, that, is that what happens? Yeah, I would imagine if you download it on Wi-Fi in the Dominican Republic, it's going to be an IP address from there. Maybe it not. It could be. It could be an honest, legitimate Dominican Republican. Welcome. If but you either are. way, welcome. And yep. if you're on holidays in the Dominican Republic, go ahead and send us an email or a tweet so that I uh, then I just I just gotta know. And if you're still there by the time Darren puts up our Grimerican flyer, download it and stick it up somewhere in the Dominican and take a picture of it and send it to us. It's kind of a nice flyer. I, yeah, it I came out it. good. Came out good. It's even got the little scan code on it. Yeah, the QR um, code. QR code, yeah. yeah. So that, I think I'm going to, we'll launch that little campaign on Monday. Um, it'll be on the website, probably down at the bottom of the page, I'd imagine. I'll make a post about it too. And it'll be a PDF file. You download it, basically, you print it out. You go someplace uh, around wherever the fuck you are, you put it up, take a picture, send in the picture. Uh, I think we'll put all the pictures up on the website if we get any. And. Then maybe the coolest one uh, is going to win a prize. Yeah, we'll probably put them up in the studio, too. Yeah, exactly, gonna, exactly. We'll put them all up in the studio for I'm sure. I'm going to slap a shitload of them around Calgary, so. And I'll probably I'll probably get some printed nicely on some nice glossy paper, and I'll, uh, I'll just keep them in the car, and I'll just, wherever I drive to, I'll just smack them all over. 
There you go. Let's spread that. Spread the word all around. Let's see how many different countries we can get. Uh, if we're, we got listeners in seventy-two countries now, so let's see if we can't get uh, Grimerica Show Flyers in fifty. Yeah, that'd be cool. Speaking of spreading the word, reviewing us on iTunes always helps because that sort of improves the algorithm that they use to get us uh, farther up in the search. That way, we get more listeners, and then we get better clout to get better guests, and we have better chats. Yeah, exactly. Funner, funner chats. No, I, I don't think they get any funner, but they definitely help us get some of the more. Because we've had some pretty fun. That's ones a fun. Already. That's a good point. But uh, they they'll definitely help us wrangle in some of the the bigger guests you guys want to come in. You know, some of them we've tried, and the, they just uh, you know it is what it is. And uh, if your numbers aren't aren't where they'd like to see them, then they're not willing to come on. Not that we've got bad numbers, but I mean these guys are wanting to talk to the tens of thousands. Yeah, and uh, we do have lots of guests lined up, so it's going to be a full like full next couple months for sure. A bit of a backlog, actually. And uh, you were talking about you want to get some some guy on, eh? Dave Asprey, you finally heard that podcast with him on uh, Christopher Ryan's Tangentially Speaking? I heard that one a long time ago, but oh. I was just listening to him on THC. Oh, he's on THC? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, yeah that's where I listened to that today at when my... I was doing some paperwork at work and fucking he's got some pretty uh pretty interesting ideas. He's a pretty pretty smart dude. He's got a great story to tell and uh and uh you know some of it some of it shit you might not want to hear. You already you probably know it in the back of your head like cell phones and Wi-Fi and shit is probably fucking with you in some way. But he's got uh, some pretty neat little tricks to you know that have helped him and helped other people through life. Uh well, not through life. Well, through life more comfortably, I suppose. Because I think most of it is just, you know, like, it'll help you sleep better at night, or it'll mm. help you this, or it'll help you lose weight. Like, what did he lose? Is it biohacking? Is it what you call biohacking? biohacking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life hacking, biohacking. Huh. So what is it? Like, you, you can uh, you can take a picture of your eye or something like that and check out your... what? Your, oh, the uh, app. I don't know. I didn't get it yet. Okay. I fuck, it's called like food sense or something okay. like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. And then it, en- it ends up telling you what food is good for you or not, sort of thing. Foods that you might have some sort of slight uh, allergic reaction to <clears> or that your body reacts negatively to. So it measures your heart rate after you've eaten certain foods and then it'll start trending the data, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. And it can tell you it eventually after a month or so it should be able to start telling you what foods it seems like are giving you troubles. Did you hear about this? And sometimes it's so subtle you don't even know, I guess. It's like you don't notice, but, you know, uh, most of us wake up feeling like crap some mornings and shit, right? Yeah, so it's hard to go like, what others. did I eat that was different, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you say, so some of us don't even know we're doing it, but we're doing it. And then you don't even know you're feeling better, you know? And then until until you start you start taking these foods that are giving you problems out of your diet, and then all of a sudden you're feeling so much better, you're like, wow, fuck, because you've probably been eating this shit all your life. So you've never really known what it feels to not have something that's, you know, a semi, semi-toxin, semi I suppose. Yeah. I'd like to know how a bowl of corn pops affects me at night. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, well, well, that GMO guy, I'll tell you all about that. Yeah, I've, well, I'm trying to get him on, too. That'll be a, that'll be a good show. That, does that, rem- that reminds me of that contact lens they were talking about on Mysterious Universe. Have you heard about that? The one that measures your blood sugar level, so uh, you can actually have some sort of visual cue of where your uh, blood sugar levels are at. That get annoying. So it's just always there? Uh, or just they turn, like, red when you fucking got to get some sugar? Something like that, yeah. 
Yeah, maybe it's not visible unless it's over the line or something. Like blowing over when you're drinking? Yeah, like blowing over. So maybe you just soon they'll have that, eh? Makes it look like you're fucking drunk. So why don't they have that? A contact lens that's got like a whole thing and it's got like alcohol level, blood sugar level, your heart rate level after certain foods. Why? Who would want that in their face all the time? You can turn I, it on and off need, by a thought. It's like you're a video game. You just, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm turning it on. Stop thinking. Stop thinking. Stop, stop, stop thinking. Stop, stop, <laughs> on, stop. off, on, off, on, off. So uh, do you have any other listener so, feedback for uh, us at all? Uh, no, a couple couple tweets and stuff like that. But I, uh, we only, you know, it's nothing. Uh, no emails or okay. The only we nothing you want to share, anyways. Facebook messages in a while or anything like that. We don't share our hate mail on. Yeah, on we don't share our hate mail. So Red Pill Junkie is uh, going to be on the Paracast coming up this weekend. So this episode should be released I think right first before week of February. Red. Oh, 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 it's not the, not this weekend? No, they record this weekend. Okay, so there's enough time then. I think Gene and Chris take questions too, right? Yeah, there's and a forum. There's yeah, a there's forum a forum. set up for Red Pill Junkie questions. So check out the Paracast, and we'll link to it. It's going to be pretty, you know, well, yeah, this might come out tomorrow night, so they'll have like 24 hours to click. So if you're listening to this and you got a question for RPJ, well, you could always just send it to us too. But uh, if you want to get it in on the Paracast, you got to hurry, because I think the interview is Saturday night. So it's not the beginning of February, or it comes out in the beginning of February, yeah, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think they're kind of the same as us. We're always a, oh, usually a week and a half or two weeks. Yeah, Red Pill and Christopher O'Brien and I and, and a couple people had some pretty fascinating chats. Like, Christopher O'Brien's been through some crazy shit in his life. I remember uh, when we started, we used to do the interview on, like, a Tuesday and then fucking release that by the weekend. Oh, did yeah. And the, the intro and fucking that was, it just turned, it's too much. It's so much better when you've got, because now week, something week, happens, uh, we've still got, you know, we can a, keep going. A, a for tiny a little backlog, weeks. you mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. You don't want it to be too big, but. So another way to contribute to the show, besides actually going to the, sh- the website, www.grimerica.ca, and hitting the donate button, which we're probably going to call it a contribution. You can do that, which helps us out. It helps just pay for our expenses like bandwidth and hosting services and P.O. Box and all that kind of stuff. Math. Math. Need more Crown math Royal. people. Yeah, we need more math. So. Shut up. Like, that's not even funny. <laughs> Don't do math. <laughs> um, you can also. Amazon, are we going back yeah, to you can also, Amazon? Am- Amazon. Yeah, you can yeah. also go to that same website, grammarica.ca, and hit the Amazon portal. Now, Am this I- is supposed to give us. A cut. tiny little slice of your purchase without okay. costing you th- any more. Yeah, unless it seems possible that your friends or family or the Grimerica show itself buying things through its own Amazon portal, then I guess you don't get credit for that. <laughs> so basically all the stuff I've been buying is not getting us anything? No, because do you use your Grimerica email address? Uh, No, maybe it no. does then. Or maybe, I think some of that stuff you ordered from, I don't know. I how, use my I personal know. email, I think, for that. But you got to ship to the igloo. No. Uh, the Eddie you did and that other shit. Yeah. Anyway. So do you think they cross-reference your address then? I don't, to know tell what, I don't know what the fuck or how the fuck they knew. Or it could have been IP address thing or. So anyways, what's going on here? Amazon's actually. It's like 500 bucks worth of shit you bought, though. That <laughs> they're not giving us any money for. <laughs> Here I am thinking in my head, okay, what am I going to buy? What can I buy through Amazon? Go through the portal. 
get a little slice and it's not working. No, yeah. But you can go not, do it. It's not intended to be a discount. discount. Yeah. But you guys, if you guys buy shit, we get we get our piece. So big stuff. Just our big us. stuff. So Diamond Amazon. rings and watches and yeah. All right, man. So uh, what else do you want to talk about before we get into this episode with Chris Thrash Weston? Something interesting. Yeah, that's what I have on the board there. But uh, that was sort of referenced already. To, oh yeah. Well, uh, I suppose we should plug a little bit. We got John Ward and Scotty Roberts. Uh, we had a chat with them. It was It went really well. It was fucking it was hilarious. a good laugh. Yeah, it was hilarious. We, everyone had a good time there. Um, that'll come out next week. Those guys have their own show on KGR Radio and... KGRA. KGRA Radio, yeah. And KGRA. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, they, they, they do tours in Egypt, and John's working on a dig in Egypt, and Scotty Roberts is, uh, you know, responsible for the Paradigm Symposium with Micah Hank. So, yeah, good chat. Yeah, and then uh, after that, we'll have Daniele Bellelli of the uh, Drunken Taoist Pod. Taoist? I don't know. Taoist. I'm always saying it wrong, Taoist. but anyway, from that show. That was a great one, too. And after that, uh, we don't know, but I mean... Half the time we don't know who's coming up next week when we be seeing. So, actually, I'm I'm thinking of having um, a local uh, friend on here who's uh, done some research into the scientific evidence on meditation. If you're into that, cool. Maybe we have her in studio. Yeah, be the first person. Well, Joey was in the igloo, but I I want to do that. So that might be a good like local uh, supportive way to talk about uh, the big picture of meditation. Maybe you could meditate on the show. Oh, I'll just yeah. describe what you're doing. Yeah. Look, he's just sitting there. Okay, he's sitting. He's, he's, he's breathing. Sitting. He's yeah. smiling. Oh, he's crying. <laughs> Something's going wrong. Something's going wrong. Yeah, we'll do a live meditation then. Yeah, I don't know that. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. You are worried about getting Greer, and then I'll go out in the woods with you and meditate on UFOs. the UFOs. All right, buddy. That's a deal. If that's possible, which it may not be. Hey, man, check out hey, the evidence he's got. It's, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it may not be possible. Check out the evidence he's got. They do have videos and they do have pictures and stuff. So, And I've heard a lot of comments from people that have been on those CE5 expeditions and shit's happening, man. Well, I guess we'll see. Why don't you go on a CE5 expedition? You don't think that's on my bucket list, buddy? Well, when's the next one? <laughs> I don't is know. It, it's probably in Presto, like Colorado this summer or something. Ooh, if it's in Colorado, I might come with you. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know where it is. I, I just know that it used to be at Crest. Can you get pot in all of Colorado now? Or just like... Denver? Yeah, I think it's all of Colorado. Yeah, I'm in. Try some dabbing. Fuck, I probably have a fucking heart attack, bro. Too <laughs> old for that. I, I, I still smoke flour, bud. <laughs> all right, buddy. That's enough chit-chat. Let's uh, get on with the show. Yeah, enjoy the chat with Chris Weston. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and we'll pick you guys up on the other side.
Okay, today in Grand America, um, we're going to be talking with uh, Chris Weston from uh, across the pond here about his new project and a little bit of his, his work in the past and, and kind of his thoughts on where the music industry is at and, and where it's headed. Um, but first, as Fuck. always, how's it going, Graham? <laughs> hey, I'm doing good, Darren. We got uh, Chris Thrash Weston here. And and uh, as you know, Darren, I'm a huge uh, fan of, of the Orb. And Chris was uh, somewhat responsible for the genesis of that, or at least the first couple of cool albums. So looking forward to talking about that. And he's got a, a Chris starter happening, which we're going to talk about, and and anything else that Chris wants to chat about. So welcome to Gramerica, Chris. Thank you for having me. Hello. How's it going today? Um, you really can, bad. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's going all right. Thank you. That's good. Yeah, it's good. We could finally, finally get you on. Me and you have been kind of tweeting back and forth about it for it seems like forever. But uh, today's it's the day. Only been two months. Yeah, yeah, two months. Yeah, that seems like forever <laughs> in Grimerica. We've only been around for seven months. So. <laughs> all right. So where we, are you guys anyway? We're in the we're in an igloo in Calgary, Alberta. Oh, God, Calgary. That's where my gear got nicked. Yeah, oh. that's right. I remember that. That's where your gear got stolen. <laughs> it's a pretty safe place. Like, really. It's like I start up my car in the morning and I don't worry about it. Somebody stealing it. So I don't know how that happened to you. When was that? Uh, well, it, I, it was an altercation with like a, a baggage handler <laughs> who uh, wouldn't let me pick up my hard disks. I had like a bunch of hard disks in this uh, Greyhound bus hold. And uh, 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 we stopped off at Calgary. Uh, I was going to Vancouver. And um, I just said, excuse me, do you mind if I just take that bag out because it's really fragile? And he was just like, stand behind the line, sir. <laughs> like, oh, whoa, okay. Uh, yeah, but that, sorry, mate, it's, it's like 15 years of my work. Do you mind if I just, it's very fragile to my, stand behind the line. I was like, okay, fuck you, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we had this altercation like this, and I just sort of walked off. And uh, as I was walking off and turned my back, this other couple sort of told me later that um he picked up one of my hard disks and made like he was going to throw it at my head and uh then my bag didn't turn up at the end of the journey uh so all i can assume is it was him it, maybe, I mean, maybe I it's still lying over there by the bus stop you should stop and check it out on your way home Graham. yeah it's a black bag with a sort of red line around it if you see it <laughs> It's got my mini Mac in it and a two thousand pound microphone and uh Damn, I just bought a new microphone. <laughs> yeah, you should have gone to hang out at Calgary bus station and see if there any getting cheap. So this was not too long ago then? That was about two years ago. Oh man. Three years ago maybe. Yeah. What'd you think of Calgary other than uh people stealing your shit? <laughs> it was minus 30, I think, when I was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happens. I went outside to have a cigarette, and the saliva was freezing on my lips. And it was an oh, interesting new experience. We just went through a boat of that uh, a couple of weeks ago. But it's nice today. Was it minus 15 today? Yeah. Minus 5. Minus 5, yeah. Oh, lovely. 
So you got the uh, Bermuda shorts on and stuff. Exactly, yeah. Actually, yes, yesterday I was going to go for a hike, and then uh, a blizzard rolled in, like seriously rolled in within like 10 minutes. It was snowing. It was, it was plus nine and sunny, and then it was whatever and blizzard in like t- in seriously 10 minutes. Yeah. Nasty. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the downsides in Canada. But I was in a real messed up place when I was there. I was proper suicidal and all kinds of oh, crap. Shit. Sorry, yeah, I was that. proper suicidal. My dad tried to get me like sectioned or like taken by the police to stop me harming myself. Uh, so I left this place I was in to go visit my other mate to try and cheer myself up. And then all my stuff got nicked. <laughs> and then I was just like, this is so ridiculous. This is like, you know, you just got to laugh now, really. Yeah, it's got a new low. Yeah. So not only did you lose your gear, you lost a bunch of your your life's work i suppose no because i uh, had the mission critical hard disk in my rucksack and uh i had a bunch of backup cds around my dad's house oh that's good that's good that's a backpack darren a rucksack okay yeah <laughs> translation there for you. so how are you are you doing a little better now that you've hit that sort of low a couple of years ago Oh, totally. Yeah, I, I sort of, yeah, I reached this sort of rock bottom point, and and like uh, one day I was walking along the street, and um, I was just feeling really low, just awful, and uh, I was standing across the road in Vancouver, and there's a van came really fast driving along the road, and just swerved lanes really quickly right in front of me and as he swerved lanes these like uh four huge circular saw blades came flying out of the van towards my head and uh i was everything went into slow motion and i was like oh i am actually going to die now uh and i was like oh maybe i don't want to die i sort of jumped out of the way (laughs) it was just it was just a really bizarre experience holy fuck there was this homeless man standing next to me, just wide-eyed, staring at me, going, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and the geezer just drove off. He didn't even know that he almost, like, sliced our heads off. There's a huge circular saw blade. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what you get for hanging around Maine and Hastings in Vancouver, Chris. I can't remember where I was. <laughs> wow, I so, so it's one of those... Where- Sorry, Go everywhere, ahead. Smel- everywhere smelt of weed, I was going to say. Yeah, Vancouver. definitely. That's funny that you mentioned that because <clears throat> I'm from there. And I went back for Christmas to to my sisters and it, just walking around the streets. I smell weed all the time. And in Calgary, like, I just don't smell it unless I'm in the igloo. <laughs> what, you have actually got an igloo? No, we, we, that's what we, we call our studio the igloo because it's so fucking cold here. All right. It's freezing in here too, man. And this is like, this is nothing compared to you guys. So, so you had one of these moments where you almost stared death in the face and you realized like, fuck, maybe I don't want to die. And then that was a, a bit of a shift. And, and now you're, you're starting your own like Kickstarter and you want to do some fucking crazy music off the grid. And, uh, unfortunately the music can't be made off the grid. 
because I just, uh, I mean, I, I've, I've started this from literally with nothing. So I came back to England and um, my stuff in storage uh, also basically went. Uh, I don't know what happened to it. Probably the landlord took it. I wasn't paying much attention, but that was all the rest of my belongings went as well. So I came back and I just had like one laptop and one guitar. So uh, I've just built it up from there in the last year and a half or so and come from yeah sort of being homeless um to having a nice warm room and uh, a full-on like studio i've just had a total outpouring of of help from the internet um just so much stuff it's crazy wow that's very cool yeah, that's like the positive side of the internet, you know. You get the you get the shitty side, like yeah, there's a bunch of shitty porn and you know all sorts oh, of shit. Like yeah, well, yeah, there's good porn and <laughs> shitty porn, I suppose. But, I only like shit. Oh, uh, you mean like really shitty? Yeah, like really shitty porn. Right. No, I don't like that. <laughs> and stuff like that. But then you you hear a story like that, or 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 you know, there's countless stories of how the internet can bring things together and. You know, you're just getting this kind of support, I suppose, from people that just want to put you back in a position to be able to make music that they can listen to. Yes, yeah, uh, pretty shocking. Because I, I, I did the Kickstarter thing before I did this, and my friend Ralph said to me, like, you know, if you're doing a budget, you need to just budget exactly what you need and then whack on a 20% contingency on any budget. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So I did that and it came to 60 grand, uh, 60 quid, <laughs> 60,000. I mean, 60,000 quid or pound or dollars, 60 grand, like as in pounds, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, so yeah, that was quite a lot. And I was just like, oh, I'll never do this. And they were like, no, go for it. Yeah, it's good. And I had quite a lot of support from my friends. And, uh, yeah, sort of got up to about 12,000 on Kickstarter after a week. And all the sort of donations dropped off. And um, I found that it was basically there was a correlation between how much I was going on the internet and promoting it and how many people were actually going to the Kickstarter and, and putting into it. Uh, so... Once I realized this, I was just up all night, every day, and I just burned myself out on the first week of the Kickstarter, and I was just, I was, I'd had enough of it by the first week. I just was so tired, I couldn't carry on. Yeah. So, yeah, it sort of dropped off once I stopped putting all the hard work into it, and, uh, and I just thought, no, I'm never going to make it within the time frame. And even if I did make it, I'd have to... Uh, my, my my budget wasn't actually sixty grand; it was like fifty two or something, and then the rest of it was the actual charges which Kickstarter made. So it's so like about seven thousand pound um, credit card fees and Kickstarter fees and VAT English tax. Uh, so I just thought, why you know why should I give seven grand to this website? And I just thought, well. I found this bit of open source software and just stuck that on my own website and said, right, forget that. Let's <laughs> all move over here and do it here instead, which obviously must have seemed a bit 
chaotic to some people, but whatever. <laughs> that's a good idea. So that's your stri- uh, your Chris starter. Yeah. So I nicked their logo, you know, <laughs> Chris on the beginning of it. <laughs> they haven't sued me yet for that. And that gives you the ability to put it on your own timeline, I suppose. And now um, is that pretty well fee free for you then now? Other than the obvious taxes, the tax man's going to get his, of course. No, you don't get taxed on um, on donations. Yeah, uh, no, not donations. Money that you are putting into your business, right? Oh, because so it's like, kind of like startup. Yeah, it wouldn't be considered revenue. <clears throat> well, no, because I, I, all that money has gone into buying equipment, so it's now assets yeah. for my business. So you don't pay tax on that. Yeah, it's just a fee for the software to get you going on it. Uh, actually, I haven't spent. Uh, probably hardly anything on software at all. It's all been hardware. I've got a lot of software free. I just got another sponsor today, actually. Woohoo. Congratulations. Yeah, really cool. I mean, this this company called Zynaptic, you make these really far out plugins and they're super expensive and they're super awesome. So, you know, I never would have been able to afford them. They're like 400 quid each. So they're giving me their whole suite of plugins. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So how how is it going then? Are you still planning on uh, finishing off your Chris starter in September 2014? Um, let's let's explain to all our listeners because there'll be some people like we we throw a lot of electronic music in the uh, in the episodes. Mm. I'm a huge fan of electronic music, more so now than I ever have been in my life. Um, so tell the tell the people, uh, give us some details about what this Chris Starter is all about. Well, it's not really electronic music, to be honest. It's more sort of electroacoustic music or something. Okay. Uh, it's got like uh, Indian, Arabic, jazz all kinds of like influences but everything you could probably think of except for thrash metal because i want to do a whole album sort of uh, i want to do a whole metal album at some point is that where you got your nickname from yeah i really like thrash yeah love it especially meshuggah i think they're one of the greatest bands in the universe okay (laughs) you know them uh do you know them i don't know them who a Swedish Swedish band called Meshuggah. Yeah. Meshuggah. Oh, I think I've heard of them. I've heard of them for sure. Yeah, check out uh, Catch 33. I remember seeing album. them, I think, on that serious satellite radio. They come up. They play like uh, polyrhythmic stuff. Strange rhythms crossing over each other and that. So some of your, uh, some of your older music... Uh, seem to have a lot of like when you're with the urban stuff. There was a lot of UFO connotations and stuff like that. Is that is that something that uh, you yourself have an interest in? No, not really. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're shitting us. <clears throat> um, no, not particularly. No, I mean it's more Alex's. Oh, was it sort of thing? Yeah, uh, you know, space and UFOs and all that stuff. So I, I mean, I do believe there has got to be other forms of life in the universe. Uh, but 
I don't know. I, I'm totally bored of the whole conspiracy sort of scene. That just I, I I was totally immersed in it for years. Oh yeah. I watched every conspiracy movie known to mankind. I watched every YouTube thing. You know, I just got obsessed with it. Do you and, have a favorite? Oh, uh, hmm. I don't know. There's so many. Well, nine eleven is is one of the most interesting ones, I think, just because of the total polarization. It's it's. Uh, it's like, yeah, you're stupid if you if you don't get all this stuff, and then you know if you really look into it, uh, you know you can debunk all of it, uh, but you're still not sure either way. It's just sort of, I'm I'm still undecided on whether you know there is uh, there's something dodgy going on in there somewhere, but as to you know inside job, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's one that just doesn't seem to want to go away. Eh? It's like something like oh, oh, constantly. It's like every week I'll hear something somewhere about nine eleven. Like, yeah, it's the paradigm shift for our generation. Basically, is what brought in all this police state bullshit. The excuse for all of it, and you know, it's 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 a, it's a scar on our collective consciousness that we haven't dealt with properly. I think. It's just, you know, if, if somebody did, uh, you know, alter stuff behind the scenes there, which they probably did, uh, then uh, for us not to find it, that out is just, it's, it's heinous. It's, you know. It is a scar on our collective consciousness. I love that. I love that term. So how, so, um, how do we move past that as a, as a collective then? Or can we kill all politicians <laughs> <laughs> and bankers? So, uh, so that was. I, another... I really don't know. <laughs> I'm not the man to. I'm, I'm totally confused by the whole 9/11 thing because you know I was totally on board with the yeah, it's like nanothermite, or it's it's you know, there's no way they could have you know seen all the. Uh, engineers, you know, Association of Engineers, I've seen that video. And yeah, it does all, you know, when you watch the conspiracy stuff, it seems really convincing. And then when you watch the debunky stuff, it all seems really convincing. Yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't yeah. know where I yeah. stand on that, really. Yeah. yeah. I totally understand that. That happened to me too, watching both sides. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then you watch the other side, especially when like building seven, was it? Was it the other building? Yeah. Especially when that one comes into it, because both sides seem to make a lot of sense. So I just, I don't know what to think either. Well, I mean, it, it's quite clear that that thing, you know, no building ever just falls down like that. Yeah. Number seven. Especially like when it's, you know, just been like revamped and it's got like, it's had a, a million spent on the top floor to have it like a bomb hardened, like shit, you know, that was, uh, what's his face, Giuliani's office and also contained a bunch of like files. Secret documents. Yeah. Plus, didn't it fall down like eight hours later or something like that too? No, it wasn't, was it? Yeah, it was quite a ways. I thought the after, planes yeah. were like in the morning, and then yeah. that fucker fell down at like four in the afternoon, yeah. just randomly. Because it was on fire all day, or whatever they say. Okay, well, you know, 
yeah. it's feasible that, you know, a fire could have, I don't know, maybe there was something in there that, you know, caught fire that was super hot and, God, I don't know. So when you were back doing the UFO, that was in the early 90s or whatever. But, uh, I mean, it's funny when you yeah. look at the tracks, they're like out-of-body experience, UFO, Blue Room, which is like this room at the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, apparently. Like Close Encounters, Majestic. Like, were you in, into all that stuff back then? Majestic 12. Uh, not really. No, eh? No, I just like making tunes. Making cool just, music, yeah. I'm just a studio bod. I'm just, you know. Well, you were, you were young then, right? When that, were you 18 or 19 when you were doing that? Yeah, yeah, 19 or something. Blue Room I, was mixed on my birthday, uh, I think. Uh, yeah, somewhere around there, 19. I can't remember, but it was mixed on my birthday. I remember that because my mates bought me a cake when I was mixing it. Nice. Yeah, I was looking at your on your at your website of the picture of that one crazy fucking whatever it is. It's got like all these knobs on it, and then there's in the one picture they're like swirling around in a circle. Oh, that's Ralph's um, synth. Ralph built that himself. That thing is fucking crazy looking. I got we just got ourselves. I've got a mixer and a compressor limiter in the in the studio and i have enough trouble with just this stuff right now i couldn't even imagine trying to figure out what all those buttons do oh uh, well yeah you just kind of uh you break it into sections and learn it in small sections and then you know it all just kind of slots into place much like you would learn anything really just like it all playing seems guitar like, yeah it all seems like analog synths all just seem totally normal to me and self-explanatory now but yeah so have to fiddle with them for quite a long time to get it so blue room was quite a little successful tune back then in the uk so how did that that must have kicked you off pretty good when you're young and you mix this 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 you know tune that went uh into the charts and oh yeah and ufo went to number one yeah see at that the time yeah, that's crazy. And over in America, I don't think it was that that big at all. Like, I don't even know how. I think I stumbled across it after listening to Adventures uh, Beyond the Ultra World. Yeah. Well, America at the time uh, didn't have a big electronic scene or anything, even though it invented, you know, house music and all that. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's uh, just starting to take off now under the brand EDM. Yeah. Uh, it's like my ex-manager was saying to me the other day. It's like, yeah, EDM is massive in America now. It's like... Yeah, yeah. EDM. Well, it used to be called IDM in 1994. That's when I fell out of love with it. Oh, did you? So it's been that long since you've fallen out of love with that uh, type of music? Yeah. What was the I stand for? Intelligent. Really? No. Intelligent dance music, yes. Come on. Was... Now it's just electronic dance music? They just changed that because it was a bit po-faced. <laughs> so they kind of, yeah. Oh, electronic is much better. 
Yeah, I like, I don't know, I like some of the new stuff. Like, I can, I really like some of that dubstep shit. Yeah, so you get the occasional artist that's good in electronic, but most of contemporary electronic musicians I have no respect for at all. I'm trying to think of the one. I use them quite a bit uh, in the show. I think it's... Broke for free, maybe. What's that? Uh, it's some electronic band. They put a lot of their music on for free use, so I can use it as long as I'm not making any money. I can use it in the podcast. At, All right. As long as I credit them to it, so they're they're just. I'm I'm not sure if the how big they are or anything. It's just one of the bands that I tend to gravitate to um, when I'm picking out music for the show because it's kind of it's hard to find good. Actually, no, it's not even that hard to find. There is a, quite a bit of decent decent, good to good quality music out there that you can get for free that people are willing to, to let you use as long as you credit them for it. Well, you can get any music for free. Yeah, but we're talking about, you know, without... without yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm quite interested in the whole idea of um, removing copyright. Uh, just, I mean... Because the internet and intellectual property are not really suited towards each other, right? Right. Uh, so, I mean, if you could think of a way musicians could earn money uh, without this publishing system, royalty system, which is in place at the moment, uh, it would be a good thing. And I think I've sussed it out. <laughs> uh, there's this new piece of software out called uh, Rena. Uh, it's, a, it's a redesign of TCP IP and uh, it addresses all the design flaws originally because I mean TCP IP was not designed to scale to this level it is today. Right. It, there's uh, huge amounts of congestion there's like there's all kinds of problems in if you're an ISP uh, and it's costing money, and there's just a way of designing it which is so much simpler that would get rid of uh, firewall boxes, NAT routers. Uh, you know, it's just it's such a superior design. It's designed by one of the original dudes, John Day, uh, who uh, I'm not sure exactly what he was working on, but. Uh, he was there at the beginning of the internet. And yeah, it sort of allows you to, it, it, uh, it has security sort of built into it. And it allows you to monetize uh, access through your ISP. So a really interesting idea. And uh, if you applied it to music, uh, it would sort of eliminate the need for publishing. It's called Rena. R I N A, yeah, being developed. I think it's in Denver. Because I think the, well, the big one now is obviously iTunes. What do they take like fucking thirty percent or something? I think. Oh, don't get me started on that. Oh no, yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> ring, ring. Poke the bear. <laughs> don't poke the bear, man. <laughs> Haven't you heard that? <laughs> oh, he's in Boston. Yeah, Boston, John Day. Hmm. So can you can you explain that a little bit more to people that may not be so up to speed on on this whole whole you know music and fees and the royalties and all that kind of stuff and 
how it would work through your through getting a fee through your internet, what your ISP or something like that. Yeah, uh, to understand Rena, you have to be pretty technically adept. I don't fully understand it, and I'm not too bad. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's unfortunately only going to be taken up by geeks. Uh, but once it is, uh, everybody else will realize its value. I actually heard that Kim.com's been making rumblings about this new fucking internet he thinks he can roll out. Kim Blobcom, yeah. Yeah. I bet his stomach makes quite a lot of rumblings. <laughs> <laughs> some, guy, some guy said this to me on Twitter the other day. He's like, yeah, Kim.com wants to make a new internet. And it's like, well, it's already been done by someone like infinitely more qualified than you or anybody you're hiring. That's the basic outline of what this Rena is, right? Yeah, it's, it's a, already been a, done. A new and it and it's secure, more secure, like for for your shit for NSA listening to like say our Skype call right now. Um, it completely eliminates any surveillance opportunities. And surveillance on a mass scale would totally end if Rena came in, uh, and also. Uh, Journalism could be monetized. Think about that. Journalists Again. no longer rely on their advertisers, uh, which means that we get a more independent news or a independent news. <laughs> so is it based on a like a user fee and then based on traffic or something like that, those fees get allocated to the right person? or uh, You can uh, set with your ISP... Uh, a, mon a monetization value for a particular network. They're called diffs, I think. Um, you can set up like multiple networks. Say, I, I, I might set up a, a network to connect to the internet in my house, and I might set up a network, a diff, for people to download my music from. So, if people use my music diff, they will pay to use that bandwidth connection which will be organized with the ISP. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not probably the best guy to explain this. Well, no, no, uh, no, that, that helps. Yeah, I mean, probably best to get a proper Linux geek to explain it. But yeah, I mean, with the whole music thing, at the moment, it's completely skewed in favor of large corporations so you know your tracks is with itunes you know you can't choose how much your track sells for they dictate to you various things about the titles and lengths of your tunes and they run a completely automated service for which they take 30 percent and they're already creaming it in from uh, their hardware sales, which is the whole reason they uh, got that going in the first place. So it's, it's completely unfair. Also with the streaming sort of situation, that, that's completely fucked as well. Uh, if I wanted to earn the minimum wage, I would have to get 55 million plays uh, of one track from Spotify, for example, which would mean the entire web-connected population of China would have to listen to my tune for me to earn <laughs> a basic wage, minimum wage. 
so yeah, I mean, and the the way these things have sprung up is with deals with record companies. The musicians haven't been asked. Like, for example, the deal YouTube has made with the Copyright Society in England. Um, I can't look at that deal. That deal's been made for me. So it monetizes my music that goes on, on YouTube somehow uh, using some kind of recognition algorithm. It doesn't catch all of my tunes that are on YouTube, but it catches a few. So, you know, that's supposed to be good for me. And yeah, they won't, they, the, the deal is, is an NDA deal. I can't see it. So they've made this deal on my behalf, but I can't see. I mean, nice. it's just totally fucked. <laughs> It's funny, the artists went kind of from getting controlled on one end from big record companies, and now it's just switching over to tech corporations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the time when I was successful in music in the 90s was the sort of golden era, the last golden era <laughs> uh, for musicians. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't really have a band like The Orb now do something that successful. I don't think, I don't know. What do you think of the sort of more donation-based um, sort of free uh, free system out there? Like, for example, podcasting, it's interesting because uh, there's a lot of them that don't charge any money. And uh, it, it's all based on donation and what people can can afford or what people think they are worth. It's kind of similar to your Chris starter. Yeah, that's totally cool. But, I mean, there has to be uh, a sort of understanding here uh the the idea of a podcast uh streaming or downloading a file uh there is absolutely no difference between any of these things or the the only difference is in the name uh and these names are all bullshit all you're doing is downloading a file and that's why all this streaming stuff is just a load of crap as far as i'm concerned is you are downloading the file and that's it. Oh, but I see what you're saying. It's called streaming. Oh, I and see you what you're saying. 0.00001p yeah. for a play. Yeah, and exactly. And once, like with through YouTube, you can fucking just easily right click and fucking, you know, it takes two seconds to convert any YouTube into an MP3. Yeah, video download helper I use. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that any, you know, probably how many of those are. Not only a download, it's on that person's computer now. They've fucking 
own it, they can play it whenever they want without YouTube even knowing. And Spotify, it's totally easy to rip stuff. That if something is playing through your speakers, you can record it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. End of. Well, yeah, I'm glad we sorted the music industry out. I'm glad we cleared that up. (laughs) (laughs) All done. Yeah, all done. World fixed. Yeah, what's next? Sorted. Yeah, now just world fix the the fucking worldwide banking (laughs) scandal. Banking can be next. Yeah, that should be next. Okay. (laughs) Let me get my gun out. So, well, tell us more about while we're on music about your uh, your Chris starter because we kind of didn't get too much into uh, more of like what what type. I mean, it sounds like it's quite the the global contingent of all different types of musicians, right? Yeah, well, it's just stuff I've been saving for like fifteen years. It's just all the sort of best bits that I haven't released. I I did a whole sort of political period music and. Uh, I decided that was a waste of time, but during that time, I've just kept all the sort of melodic tracks, and they've been sitting on my hard disks, and I'm going to finish them all. So yeah, it's it's uh, it ranges from uh, basically I want to do it like a a transition between acoustic and electronic music. So I've got four sides of LP to play with. Uh, sorry, four LPs. Uh, I'm getting confused now. Anyway, it starts off with acoustic guitar kind of stuff with uh, just pure acoustic with kind of subtle treatments. Then it goes into a sort of uh, a side with uh, acoustic and subtle electronics. Then it goes into a, a side with electronics uh, with subtle acoustics and then it goes into a side with full electronics that's my sort of plan for it because my tracks are also vastly different they feel fit into loads of loads of different molds. genres yeah yeah that sounds interesting so I decided to just do it like that because there seems to be that kind of transition going on in my music It's a concept album, like in the seventies, you know. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> I thought you guys fell asleep then. Was just no, a no. I was, was going to mention like, a concept album, an- Animals by Pink Floyd or something like that. I really don't like Pink Floyd. No, I know. I figured you guys were you guys were compared to them. I think as as the Orb way back when. Yeah, I mean, there was nothing like Pink Floyd just because of the fucking, um, you know, the album cover. Oh, is that why? Oh, yeah, now you like Pink Floyd. Is that why? Do you think? Nothing like fucking Pink Floyd. Not even remotely like Pink Floyd. What are you on about? There's a pyramid on my shirt. I guess that makes me like Pink Floyd. Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got an Illuminati pyramid on his shirt. Yeah. I'm part of the Illuminati. Yeah, well, you know. It's a great cover. <laughs> Just, you know, conspiracy, UFO kind of radio presenter. Who would ever think you're actually an alien lizard controlling the world? Exactly. Perfect. 
So speaking of conspiracies, um, I know you got some, I've heard you go on a few rants about, uh, about the, the banking system and stuff like that. Can you kind of fill us in on some of your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I'm, I'm not an expert economist or by any means, but, uh, the way I understand it is it's completely fucked. <laughs> it's a global scam we're living in that nobody realizes. It's like they're all just walking around just completely oblivious. Make it just amazes of... me. Yeah, I would have to agree with you 100%. <laughs> nobody wants to talk about what's happening at the very top, right? Which kind of leads to all of our other little national and local sort of problems. Yeah, I mean... The scale of it is—it's it, so—and it, they're just—it's just getting more and more obvious every day, and they're just giving less of a fuck about covering it up every day, and still people just—I mean, especially in England—they're just so dumb. I think I mean, they didn't they just catch HSBC just like admitted to fucking laundering like drug almost money? a trillion dollars of drug money. They're like, sorry, they had to pay like a billion dollar fine, which is. They make that, that was a while like, ago, yeah, but yeah, so that was the too big to fail thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, they, we can't do that. They're too big. So we'll just... Too big to fail. Yeah, I mean, that is... So once, you know, you get to a certain level, uh, you know, that's the ultimate American dream. Once you get to a certain level, laws no longer apply to you. You are totally free. That's what I need. <laughs> Good luck. I don't even need all the laws not to apply to me. Just a couple. Just a couple. Just a few. I can think of a few, and then we're good. Which ones? Uh, yeah. Mostly pot laws. I don't have no pot laws in Canada. Yeah, no kidding, eh? We're <laughs> kind of enough. Like enough to the point, like I'd like to be able to just grow a couple, <laughs> couple plants in my back room and just be, you know, grow my own, try different things, but. That's like Just fucking do it, man. Fuck them. Yeah, but I got like a family and shit, so I don't want like that's a threshold of a fucking. I don't need something as simple Just as that. Do you want them, them, yeah. yeah, do that, Grams. Mr. Perfect. Grimes. <laughs> got a SWAT team coming in for your two plants. Yeah, <laughs> growing illegal herbs. I like the way they call it. You know, like they they catch somebody doing it in their house, and they're like, yeah. Marijuana factory, <laughs> factory, not like yeah. not like cottage herbal industry. Marijuana factory, terrorist. I like I like your accent of a Canadian uh, authoritarian figure. You got to say it again. Eh? It's like the the but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's almost a bit too American for me, but he's almost he's almost Canadian. <laughs> uh, like a highway patrol guy in texas or something yeah i'm not sure whether i should say that but uh to me american and canadian oh. accents don't sound that different which i know you'll love uh, that will be like music. scottish and english accents sound the same to me can't even understand scottish people <laughs> that's true so the geeks are on my twitter who's scottish who just comes up with a nice ridiculous untranslatable stuff 
So is your plan to eventually, like, if you can uh, start making a little money with the album and, and get a get a little bit of a a pot together, is your plan to eventually, like, I, I can't remember if it was on your website yeah, or my, on your old Kickstarter to get, you know, kind of off the grid. No, that's my ultimate aim in life, yeah, is to move to South America and have a donkey. I want a donkey and I want to be able to make my own electric And no taxes. Are you a fan of donkeys? Yeah, I like a good ass. <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? Oh, we did a T-shirt actually for the uh, for the project, and it's a, it's a goat on a donkey. And I did think I'd I'll put on the back. Does my ass look big in this? But I kind of erased that in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't nobody, know. I didn't know you had those t-shirts. My ass for free. Yeah, ass grass or ass. So, oh, can I order that t-shirt on your website then? I don't. I don't think I remember seeing it no, there when we when we donated to your Kickstarter. No, I haven't put it up because I just thought. Um, well, I haven't made enough to actually pay the musicians yet, and I thought rather than getting people to buy a t-shirt get them to like put into actually making the album yeah so once i get the uh musicians payment which i've now got the studio fully up and running or will be it's quite soon uh so yeah the next stage is just paying the many people involved so yeah i'm gonna do that first and then i'm gonna put the t-shirts out and a mug because I want my own Enter the Fuzzy Dimension mug, just for myself. Yeah, I wouldn't mind one of those for the studio, too. Will it be fuzzy? Yeah. No, but it should be. I would be. also get dirty then, probably. On the inside. Like swag, <laughs> like <laughs> fucking shag carpet on the outside. Just be all stained up after a while. No, we've got, we got the sort of goat's head on one side, and the Enter the Fuzzy Dimension logo on the other side. And we also did um, some women's knickers. That's, uh, I don't know what they call that over there, pants. Panties. 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 Thong, thongs, yeah. Not a thong. Well, there is a, you can't do a thong on Cafe Press. No, what do they call it now? That Not a thong anymore. It's a, it's a G-string, is it? Darren, help me out here. I don't know. I don't wear fucking G-strings. <laughs> Don't lie, Darren. Yeah, we'll stick with panties on. Got one on now. I'm wearing, yeah, I'm wearing a thong right now. Actually, tear away. <laughs> yeah, I thought like a thong with like enter the fuzzy dimension down the stringy bit in brown type. Yeah. Ugh. And a banana hammock. <laughs> Just every kind of merchandising you can possibly think of on that site. It's ridiculous. So yeah, we we did a women's panties with enter my fuzzy dimension on as well. Is there a, is there a minimum? Maybe I can get my wife some Grimerica panties. You can totally make your own shop on Cafe Press. It's, it's quite easy. Apparently, I didn't actually do it, but it is quite easy. I'm told. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. We're gonna we're gonna have a little Grimerica store up up on. Uh... I, th I hope so, by maybe the end of this year or something. 
Well, if you need some help with designing, I know a cool designer in uh, Vancouver who knows how to do all that shit. Yeah, cool. Yeah, he's, he's the guy that did my design, Alex, from uh, Popular Culture. Cool. You must know I'm from Vancouver. You're from Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, is there anything else you want to talk about while, while you're on uh, and you're going to be recorded and stuff with us? What do you think? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, whatever you like. I, th I think, you know, I'm sorry about the whole UFO thing. I mean, I am. Yeah, sure. you kind of disappointed I, me there. I'm such a fan. Guys, I'm such know. a fan of the old work, and then you just you didn't even like UFOs back then. I just fucked it all up. You didn't know the whole image. <laughs> yeah. Which is my speciality. Is it? Yeah. Thrashing, <laughs> thrashing people's images of... of uh, things eh yeah no i'm still i'm still a huge fan and i love the work and the, and and the orbs didn't adventures work. no it didn't quite work <laughs> i was hoping you'd have some like stories of like how you know you you created a track after some ufo sighting or some out of body experience or lucid dream or something like that i did have an you out could, of body could, experience once okay well let's talk about that or you could just make one up even okay i'll just make one up when i was little I was really ill, and um, I just had about two seconds of flying my body. And I sort of hit the ceiling, and I got really freaked out, and then sort of zoomed back in again. That's it. Sure. I, that was a, that actually happened. I didn't yeah. bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever pursue it again? No, because I didn't think it was something I could do at will. It just sort of happened. But that was when I was pretty young. I mean, it could have been, you know, the mind plays all kinds of tricks. Yeah, like maybe dozing off to sleep or something like that. I don't know. That's a story that a lot of people would die. Uh, I've heard that before about people being young and, and being, you know, floating up to the ceiling and looking down at themselves. Do you, not, yeah. do you believe it's possible then to leave your body? Or do you think that was a trick of your mind? I believe anything's possible. I tried to leave my body in a sensory deprivation tank last weekend, and it didn't really work very well. Like a flotation tank? Yeah. Tank. yeah. Oh, yeah, those are pretty fun. I think if I do it a few more times, I might be able to, but I couldn't do it then. Yeah, we did a, an album launch in a flotation tank center with the orb, actually. Really? What album was that? Can't remember now. I didn't know they had those back way back then. Flotation tank centers. In the olden days. In the olden days. In the early nineties. Yeah, they were horse driven flotation <laughs> tanks. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> There's like old guy with a sort of wind up thing standing next to it, just winding it up while you relaxing. So what album album was that? Was that Adventures or I can't remember to be honest. Oh, yeah. It might have been a single so have you tried one out? Yeah, on that on that launch, I tried it out, but I was a bit sort of psyched up. So yeah, you're a little revved up. You're just in there. When I was in there, I was kind of just bouncing off the walls myself. Literally. Yeah, yeah literally. And then I got some in my eye. And and then the security came in. <laughs> yeah, I had to leave. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Stand behind the line. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a line? 
I think there's always a line. And it's always good to cross it. Yep. Yeah. It, even it's just imaginary line. So did did Alex have any experiences then? He was obviously into all this stuff back at the, you know the UFO and adventures beyond the ultra world. Yeah, I think he probably did. Yeah. Um, but you know he takes a lot of drugs. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of stuff going on that we have no clue about. I mean, we, you know, we pretend we know about medicine, the brain, all these things, and it's we're really just deluding ourselves. We haven't got even one percent of it. No, and we're just kind of getting started too. You know what I mean? Like we've really only been looking into that kind of shit for less than a hundred years, you know, like three generations, maybe. Yeah. It's nothing. Once we're a hundred generations in, that's when we'll really start to figure shit out. We'll be long gone. If we'll be here by then, we might just be merged with the machine and singularity by then. Well, you got the sixth extinction coming up. Don't forget that. When's that coming? Um, well, they say it could happen within a hundred years, uh, you know, if this uh, ecosystem, in quotes, sort of just fails. Uh, you know, human, the sixth extinction is, is the extinction of the human race. And, we'll uh, yes. in, maybe we'll evolve into something cool. Have you seen that fleas on the back of the dog thing that I wrote? No, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, check it out. It's uh, fleas on the back of a dog dot com. <laughs> fleas on the back of a dog, yeah. And it's sort of, uh, it's about the sixth extinction and uh, stuff and things. What were the first five? Huh. Good question. Please I don't know. Dinosaurs are one. Please on the back. Please back. Doesn't there's a shitload more than five extinctions. I mean, there's like multiple, probably a hundred extinctions a day. <laughs> I, think I think probably it's... more than that in mass extinctions too. Probably just happens every fucking 20,000 years. Something gets wiped out and a couple new, some new remnants of what was there before crawl back out of the woodwork. Yeah, I mean, if you think about how long we've been here, it's quite possible that uh, other races existed and completely died out, reached beyond our level of technology, died out with no trace. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I would agree with uh, with that. That's a possibility. 20, uh, it, it's 20 to 280 species a day go extinct, roughly. Uh, and uh, if current rates of the human destruction of the biosphere continue, one half of all species of life on Earth will be extinct in 100 years. We're going to find one that fucking, that's everything off. It's going to be the bees. Could be the bees. The bees could be the one that really fucking... Tips for the balance, us. Like, quite possibly, yeah. 
I was just watching this uh, video of um, cow breeding last night. Ugh. Just disgusting. Oh, man. Can't they just leave it alone? Must everything be fueled by capitalism? I know. And greed? Yeah. You know, well, is down it like to a what documentary or like cow porn? Yeah, it's like bucking bronco porn. <laughs> no, but this is where this is where I've been thinking because I just finished reading this book too called Energy Medicine Technologies, and that's the feeling I get that everything has to be fueled by capitalism and greed and the profit motive. Like, if, whether it's good for us or not, it just has to happen. Well, that's what we're we're brought up and trained to do. Uh, it's, Get it's, the TV doesn't help, I don't think. Have you guys read this book? Uh, what's it called? Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Postman. No, I haven't, but uh, uh, I'd I'll recommend check it. Out. Uh, it's a very interesting read about TV. It's quite old, it's sort of mid 80s, I think. And the guy's uh, a Christian, so he's, he's trying to sort of get a few of his religious sort of uh, morals in there as well but uh, it's uh, yeah really interesting it's carrying on the you know Marshall McLuhan obviously yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's one of your uh, dudes isn't he yeah he's Canadian yeah uh, he, he was a student of Marshall McLuhan's oh, okay. sort of some of McLuhan's ideas distilled into a sort of non mind-blowing lunatic sort of uh, format because <laughs> hmm. I, I read Understanding Media and it was like really just did my head in in a good yeah. way in, uh, a bad, in a bad way no in a very good way um, it was just very difficult to understand I think Postman does a, a much better job of getting those ideas across I mean at the time you could see how people thought he was just a complete lunatic because none of these things had happened, you know, he was totally predicting the internet and, and philosophical ideas connected with communication and media that, you know, he was so ahead of his time. Amazing. And now 25 years later, it's making more sense. Yeah. It only just started to make sense, you know, even I don't know when he wrote that, sometime in the 60s, was it? Understanding Media. Oh, yeah. 1964, he wrote that. That was a good year. Good vintage. Yeah, good vintage. When did Kennedy get killed? 63. Kenny? What, from South Park? No, Kennedy. Oh, Kennedy, yeah, yeah. I've heard of him. Apparently, it was the guy... In the second car, Secret Service man. You shot him? Yeah. Apparently it was an accidental headshot. Amazing stroke of bad luck for that guy. And the Secret Service tried to cover it up because obviously it would have been totally embarrassing for them to have killed the president. Accidentally? Is that a real theory? Yeah, I just I just watched a documentary last week on it. Nice. It's by uh, an Australian detective uh, who's 
you know, some big shot Australian detective, uh, and he did a bunch of like uh, bullet testing and stuff that they didn't bother doing. They just left a whole load of stuff out of their original investigation. And yeah, he's sort of pretty convincing case. Um, But it just sort of went through the whole thing and said, you know, sort of built up the case for this Secret Service guy. Uh, And there's a picture of him with the gun out in the car. And, you know, there's no way the bullet trajectory could have come from the you know, above him and all this kind of stuff. He did all that research. And then his final conclusion was the dude accidentally headshotted him. Accidentally <laughs> shot the president. He's like, holy fuck. <laughs> and I was like, really, really, dude? You're a big shot Australian detective and you got all that together and then you came to that conclusion. What? Really? <laughs> i have to find out what it is. I got to stay away from like JFK ones and... Uh... They, these ones that are so old and convoluted, like Roswell and JFK, I just don't even, I don't even think I can form an opinion on them. It's just so convoluted. Colin McLaren, his name is. The Smoking Gun, it's called. Oh, okay, yeah. I had to check yeah, it out. Pretty convincing. Um, that's, a, that's a great conspiracy theory. Yeah, that's one that that's one for the ages. I, I think this this year, last year was a fifty year anniversary. Yeah, one of the original conspiracy theories. So before uh, before we let you go, is there anything else? Any place people can find you, uh, like uh, your Twitter, um, your website? Um, obviously, we'll link to everything in the show notes. But uh, anything you want to plug before we uh, before we let you go? Yeah, people can go uh, check out my rantings and ramblings on chriswestern.com, which is K-R-I-S-W-E-S-T-O-N. Or if they're, like, really not offended by politically incorrect stuff, they can go to my Twitter and listen to me rant and rave at Sweary Monkey. Sweary? Sweary Monkey. That's my Twitter name. Are you on the Facebook? I am on the Facebook, unfortunately. <laughs> CIA book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am increasing the NSA's database with my Daily. absolute rubbish yeah. I'm typing in. <laughs> yeah. Just making it more confusing for them. <laughs> Just doing my bit, you know. Yeah, good, good. I'm Chris Thrash Weston on Facebook. Uh, yeah. And then your uh, your Kickstarter is uh, your personal Kickstarter is ChrisStarter.com. No, is it or no, no, that's on uh, ChrisWeston.com. Right. Okay. And then you just click on that for that, right? Okay. Yeah, that'll take you straight to the the front page of that is my uh, you know crowdfunding thingy, and then there's a bunch of other stuff with some demos and yeah i think there is the two songs on there you can listen to or two little little bits you can listen to right yeah i want i want the whole thing to be a nice surprise i think that there's a sort of you know listening to an album for the first time when you're totally surprised by all the tracks is is a really good thing i don't really want to spoil it but then 
you know, I also don't want to play people like demos of stuff that I'm, you know, I haven't finished. And because uh, generally I find that people can't hear what the end product's going to be like, even like other music producers. So, yeah, it's a bit of a, I don't know what to do about that, really. People are just going to have to trust that it's going to come out good, you know? Yeah. Well, 150 people so far have trusted. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully really uh, we can ring, wrangle up a few grime Americans to, to join those yeah. ranks as well. Yeah. Some grimy Americans, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Surely grimy Americans wouldn't have any like, spare cash to put into crowdfunding projects. <laughs> thank, thank God Darren's last name is Grimes. Otherwise, people might think that that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Sorry, Americans. <laughs> You're not really that grimy. Your teeth are lovely. <laughs> that's This is true. You see that guy, that homeless guy with voice, the radio voice? That's all the fluoride. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, it's amazing. He had, like, proper crack teeth when he was on, the, on that YouTube video where the newspaper reporter, like, films him standing by the side of the road. And then he's on some, like, show about three days later. And he's got, like, some sparkly whites. Yeah, and his teeth are all just, like, perfect. <laughs> what did they do in three days? They just... Right, spruce him up. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Put him through the, well, the wash, the scrubber and the washer, and then <laughs> comes out with brand new teeth. <laughs> Just down in the basement, they fucking throw some lime on him. They got like the big wand brush that's like eight feet long, scrubbing him down and hosing him. Yeah, yeah, this is your introduction into the media world. Yeah, here you go. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> See how long you last. Yeah. If I was you, I'd just get back to that fucking bit of grass with my sign. <laughs> All right, buddy. Yes. Well, it's been a fantastic chat. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Um, yeah. Yes, indeed. Thank you. And uh, you obviously, we wish you all the best with your with your Chris starter, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing the music when it comes out. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. Uh, yeah, we should have uh, another chat. Yeah, let's do that one. That's not recorded. Okay, yeah, Yeah, for sure. sure. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) All right, man. Cool, man. Thanks uh, for your time. See you soon. Well, that was our chat with Chris Thrash Weston. Uh, what'd you think there, buddy? That was fun. It was fun. I I think uh, yeah, I'd like to keep in touch with and chat some more off the record even. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I wish I would have got more into the banking thing. I know he was into like the world banking conspiracies and stuff like that. And I don't know. I always like to chat with people about that because there's not a lot of people I can talk to about it. You don't have a support group? I don't have a support group to talk about the global <laughs> banking conspiracies. Let's, let's, uh, we should One day that'll that be a thing. <laughs> One day that'll be a thing. I'm going to start a meetup for people the that are concerned about conspiracy yeah. meetup. Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
Well, I guess that's kind of like what Zeitgeist is, but be a booth at Grimericon. <laughs> Grimericon, I like it. There you go. So, um, the other thing is he uh, got his gear stolen in Calgary. Yeah, that's sad story. We should go look for that shit. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll yeah. find it. So Mail it to him, and then I'll get lost probably. And here I was hoping for a little bit of like insight into how like UF Orb was created and like Orb's, uh, you know, what is it, fantastic or ultimate adventures through the ultra world and nothing, nothing, nothing doing. Well, he threw you a bit of a bone in the email after. Yeah. He said he does have a little bit of an interest, but I think it's probably just faded over the years. Yeah, but I should ask some more technical questions about how the electronic music put, gets put together because some of that Orb shit back then was like, that that's that started that opened the door for electronic music, man. Like that shit still sounds wicked to this day. And now we have robots having sex, which is cool too. Yeah, it is pretty cool <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and we love to hear feedback here in the igloo of Grimerica, and my email is graham at grimerica dot com. Yeah, I'm Darren at grimerica dot com. Uh, hate mail goes to feedback. Uh. What else? We Twitter. got a Twitter account at Twitter. Grimerica uh, is just Grimerica on Facebook. Uh, like I said, we haven't gotten much Facebook love lately. We should probably, you know, bump that up. We always get tons of Twitter love. See, tw- that's how I know Facebook is going down and Twitter's going up. Twitter's faster. Yeah, maybe that could be it too. I get no, more not instant. really. It's just more. It is more. Not really. No. The only reason it's only more instant is because people are more addicted, so they're on Twitter more than they're on Facebook. That's what I mean. Not some people, though. My wife still prefers Facebook. I still have neither. Yeah, or a TV. <laughs> or a microwave. Or a microwave. There's something else, too. My sister and I. Personality? All... Oh. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Just kidding. You're one of a kind. Yeah, next week we'll have the John Ward, Scotty Roberts, talking about Exodus and... Uh, among and, other things, 3,500-year-old porn. Yeah, yeah, we, that does come up. Moses was a porn star. Yeah, that does come up. Something along those lines. Anyway, I can't remember exactly what it was. You'll, you guys will have to tune in next week uh, to hear all about that. Make sure you check out RPJ on the Paracast. Um, if you haven't already heard him on Radio Mysterioso, you should probably check that out. And uh, we'll probably have uh, him on next week too, I'd imagine. So thanks for listening, guys. As always, you'll find all the all this shit in the show notes. All the music you listen to, just about everything. Uh, especially, you'll find uh, Chris's Chris Starter there, and it'd be great if you guys can head over there and uh, and contribute to the new album because uh, he's trying to kind of trying to change the way that music is done, and uh, it could be, uh, you know, the first the start of something big. Yeah, hopefully, man. All right, I think that's about it, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Oh.